0: Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine and more. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. You know, this recipe is inspired by my great-grandmother, my Sicilian great-grandmother, and she used to make bread every day. Hi, this is Play Me a Recipe. I'm Anthony Falco, and I'm coming to you from my kitchen in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Today, we're going to be making my onion and olive bread recipe, and it's linked to the show notes, and it's on food52.com. But uh, first, we're going to gather some ingredients for this very simple, nostalgic, light, and airy, and versatile onion and olive bread. We're going to be doing everything alongside of each other, so feel free to skip and pause or jump back and forth. Time is irrelevant here. Yeah, use the podcast chapters if you need a little more time getting started. You know, this recipe is inspired by my great-grandmother, my Sicilian great-grandmother, and she used to make bread every day. She never measured anything. She did everything by hand and she made great stuff so i think there's a lot of like why do you do this and what about this percentage and this and that and this you could really dive into that stuff or you could just make bread every day and if you just do it every day you're gonna be great she was great she's my inspiration okay so to make our onion and olive bread Uh, We're first gonna go through the ingredients that we need to make the dough. We're going to need 1,000 grams of flour. That's gonna be a blend, this is my favorite blend, of a high-protein, high-performer juice dough flour. You can substitute that with a high-protein bread flour. And then I'm also gonna be mixing in about 20% freshly milled Glacier Peak stone milled flour from Karen Springs. Um, You can order it directly from their website and it's really fantastic. This one is pretty high protein, 13.5%. It is the Yakora Rojo varietal, which is a heritage breed. And it's sifted a little bit and it's really just quite fantastic. Uh, if you can't get something like that, any other kind of whole grain or stone milled flour you can find locally would be great. The dough is really the main thing here. And so the flour is very important. If you can get something local like that that's nice, you can also order these from the website. Otherwise, just don't use bleached or bromated flour. That's just, you know, no boy, no. We're gonna need 720 grams of water. Cool, maybe 65 degrees Fahrenheit, we'll say, 65 to 69. Um, we're gonna use 100 grams of sourdough starter. If you do not have a sourdough starter, you can use the commercial yeast pre-ferment, which I will get to after listing the rest of the dough ingredients. You will need 60 grams of extra virgin olive oil. I like California olive oil. I like Sicilian olive oil, um, but just make sure it's extra virgin and it's fresh. We're gonna be using 30 grams of sea salt. It's gonna be fine sea salt. Again, Sicilian sea salt's very nice. There's California sea salt that's good. You can use kosher salt. If you don't have sea salt, just please do not use iodized table salt. It will just not really work well in this recipe. For the pre-ferment, if you don't have a sourdough starter, you will need 80 grams of high protein flour, 70 grams of water, and 0.5 grams of instant yeast. And for the baker's percentages, if you'd like to scale this recipe, they are 100% flour, 72% 72% water, 10% starter, 6% olive oil, and 3% salt. For the toppings, we're gonna to be using some tagiashka olives. We're gonna be using about 44 grams of tagiashka olives. It's about 23 olives. And uh, those are from Northern Italy. They're beautiful olives. They come usually packed in oil. And I'm also gonna be using some Castle Vetrano olives, about 45 grams of those. So about eight, they're a little larger. And those are from southern Italy, those are from Sicily. You know, if you have some other olives that you like, go ahead and throw those in there. You know, follow your olive dreams, whatever you want to do. Uh, We're also going to be using some thinly sliced red onion, about a quarter. It's about 45 grams. You're going to need a little extra extra virgin olive oil for the pans. All right, for our onion and olive bread, this is the equipment you're going to need. You're going to need two medium-sized mixing bowls. I've got a 12-quart Cambro container. You can use a large, flat Tupperware container if you don't have that. Um, You're gonna need a couple containers for measuring a digital scale, cutting board and knife for cutting the onions and the olives, a cooling rack for when the bread comes out of the oven and we pop it out of the pan. We're gonna need an offset spatula to pop it out. I'm gonna be using 12-inch, deep dish pizza pans. They have metal lids and they're stackable. I'm gonna be using three of those for this recipe. If you don't have pizza pans, cast iron skillet will work. Steel pan that could go in the oven. use a square pan, half sheet. Ideally, you want something of a thicker gauge, aluminum or steel. Detroit style pans are great for this. Cake pans, I guess you could use. Pretty flexible, uh, but the nonstick is nice, um, even though we're gonna be putting a lot of olive oil in there to be able to pop it out. But uh, the pan does make a difference in, in the heat transfer and how you get that really nice, crusty, kind of golden brown bottom that we're gonna be looking for. I believe that's all the equipment we're gonna need. First thing we're going to do here for our onion and olive bread is we are going to feed our sourdough starter i've got my digital scale out and i've got a small plastic container if you want to use a glass bowl you can but uh, any kind of plastic container with number five on it it should be perfectly fine to use take out a spoon here and portion out 50 grams of my sourdough starter. I keep it in the fridge when I'm not using it. If you're gonna be baking on a regular basis, I usually feed mine twice a day. But since I haven't baked in a few days, I'm just taking it out of the fridge and I'm going to feed it with some AP flour. Um, I'm using King Arthur all-purpose flour. You could use the high-protein bread flour if you want, whatever you want to use. We're feeding this starter one to one to one. So it's gonna be 50 grams of starter that I pulled out of the fridge from my, my sleepy starter. And then I add 50 grams of my flour. And now I'm gonna add 50 grams of some room temperature water, 50 grams. And then I'm going to take a spoon and I'm just gonna mix it all together until it's thoroughly combined. Put the lid on it and let it rise for about two to three hours. So this is gonna give us about 150 grams, so we'll have a little leftover that we can either put back in the fridge or feed again if you wanna make some more dough later on. And if you are going to be using the commercial pre-ferment uh, sourdough substitute, what you wanna do is measure out 80 grams of flour, 70 grams of water, and 0.5 grams of instant yeast. You wanna just add the instant yeast to the water and dissolve it. Then add your flour, mix it thoroughly. It's gonna have like a thicker pancake batter kind of consistency. Again, put a lid on that and should start to bubble in two to three hours. And it uh, will be ready to go into the rest of our recipe. We're going to get started with our first dough mix. It's been three hours, and our starter, after being fed, has risen a little bit, you know, a little lot of bit. We're going to go ahead and start the measuring of all of our ingredients. The first thing we're going to do is measure our flour out, and it's 1,000 grams, 800 Justo High Performer unbleached flour, high protein, and 20% Karen Springs Glacier Peak Yakora Rojo stone milled. Again, play with different mixes. The key to this recipe though, is you do want something pretty strong because you wanna be able to have those big bubbles build up and be able to hold when it gets baked in the oven so it doesn't collapse. So I've got my digital scale and I've got two mixing bowls. I'm gonna put one mixing bowl on the scale and I'm gonna hit tear to zero and I'm gonna pour my flour in. I'm gonna start with the Justo High Performer. So there we go, exactly 800 of the Justo High Performer. I'm now gonna go up to 1,000 with my Karen Springs. So, all right, we've got our 1,000 grams of flour. It's a blend of 80% Justo High Performer and 20% Karen Springs. Now we're gonna put our salt in, so I'm gonna hit tear again. I've got some fine sea salt. We're gonna go in here, 30 grams. So I'm just gonna take my you know, clean, washed hands, and I'm just gonna mix together the salt and the flour. I know this recipe may seem kind of complicated, but I'm trying to make it as streamlined as possible. Okay, so now we're gonna start weighing out our wets. We've got, in one bowl, we've got flour and salt mixed together. Now I've got another bowl. I've hit zero on the scale, it's teared out. And now I'm gonna pour some water. I've got a glass container of water that I keep at room temperature for just such occasions. And there we go, 720. Oh, 721. I'm going to let that slide, Tony. It's going to be cool. So 720 grams, also known as 720 milliliters. Guys, metric system, amazing. Okay, so now we are going to add our starter, and it's going to be 100 grams. Okay, so I'm putting my starter into the water directly. I've zeroed my scale out again. It's a couple spoonfuls there we go that is uh, there you go 103 all right it's fine it's good enough for me that's gonna work for me the starter is kind of floating the top that's a good sign lets you know that there's activity in there that the yeast and the bacteria are alive and they're doing their thing they're converting starch chains sugars co2 ethanol making all the magic happen and so before we mix, I'm gonna measure my my olive oil, even though we're not gonna add the olive oil until middle of the first mix. I'm gonna measure it out now so I have it ready. Olive oil, let's go. 60 grams. And I'm using some beautiful Sicilian olive oil. All right, here we go. It's mixing time, first mix. So what I'm gonna do is I'm going to just break up this starter that's floating in my water by hand and just break it up. So it's a kind of cloudy milky consistency. You're either using your sourdough starter or the commercial pre-ferment that was fed three hours earlier left at room temperature to start to bubble. If you would like to use a mixer and not mix by hand, you can definitely do that. What you're gonna do is kind of the reverse of what we're gonna do. You're gonna add the wets into the bowl of your mixer and then you are going to add the dries on top and then you will just drizzle the olive oil in halfway through once the dough has initially come together and combined. But since we're hand mixing here, I am hand mixing here, we are going to be doing the opposite of that. We're gonna do it kind of like pasta method. Okay, we are mixing, mixing, mixing. It's wet. This dough is very wet. It's pretty high hydration. So I'm just moving my dough around. I'm trying to pick up all that dry, mix it with the wet until it comes together, and when it just comes together as a dough is when I'm gonna add my olive oil, so I'm waiting for that moment. It went from flour and water to one new thing, dough. We have dough. So now I'm gonna add my oil. I'm just gonna dump it right in there, and then just, I'm gonna very carefully kind of squish it in. Just very carefully, I'm just squishing it and it's coming together now to get that olive oil. Now moving the whole mass around the bowl. We're not really looking to like go crazy here and mix it really hard for this first mix. We really just want to combine it. I don't want to see like pockets of olive oil or flour or water. I want it to all come together and be like a dough. So I'm kind of squishing it. I'm seeing that olive oil get incorporated in there. Now I'm kind of lifting it, folding it in on itself. I've got one hand turning the bowl, the other hand is lifting up and slapping it back down and as soon as I see that it's fully incorporated but still very shaggy not very pretty I'm gonna stop and I'm gonna put a cover over this bowl and we're gonna rest it for 30 minutes before we cover it we can use that dough scraper to kind of scrape the edges of the bowl and make sure it's all the flowers incorporated in there all the dough and then it's fully, so I'm just scraping around the outside and kind of folding it onto itself. Again, very sticky, but that's okay. You're gonna see this dough really come together over time with all of the stretch and folds that we're gonna be doing later. But this is the first mix and the first mix is done. I'm gonna wash my hands and we'll see you back in 30 minutes. All right, we are back with Play Me a Recipe, and we are doing the Sicilian grandma onion and olive bread. Now we have done our first mix. We did a rest to the second mix, transferred the dough into an oiled container. We've let it rest for about 30 minutes. And we're gonna do our first stretch and fold. So what I'm gonna do is just put a little bit of water on my hands. I'll describe to you what's happening here. The dough is kind of flattened out. Again, still nothing super pretty to look at. But we're gonna do our first stretching fold. So what we're gonna do is go into the middle on the sides, tuck our hands under the middle, lift up the middle, and then just kind of fold it over itself. So lift up, it's gonna come together, and I'm just gonna let it fold over itself. Now I'm gonna turn the container once. I'm gonna turn it, and then I'm gonna lift it up, and I'm gonna do the same thing. A little water in your hands is gonna be very helpful because the dough again is still very sticky. And that's it, it's just gonna be Lift up, let it fold onto itself, let it back down, turn, lift up, let it fold onto itself, and put it back down. And then we're gonna let it sit again for another 30 minutes. And we're gonna do that every 30 minutes for three hours. And it's been three hours of stretch and folds with a stretch and fold every 30 minutes. And I'm going to do the very last one. So looking at the dough now. It's very smooth from the beginning. It was really shaggy and kind of ugly looking. And now it's a very nice smooth consistency. It's flattened out a bit. I'm going to do the last stretch and fold. Just going to get under here and lift it up. Yes, it's very, it's beautiful. It's very. Looks really nice, just kind of give it the last stretch and fold, and it's very silky smooth. And all of those stretch and folds over the course of the three hours have really developed a really nice gluten network, which in the end of this product, when we bake it tomorrow, should give us a really nice honeycomb crumb structure, which is really what we're going for here. So that's our last stretch and fold. I'm gonna let it just sit for 30 minutes and we're gonna take it out and it's gonna get shaped onto the bench. And uh, it's gonna rest for one more time before we divide and ball it and put it into our pans. Okay, our dough has rested for 30 minutes and I'm going to just lightly flour the surface of my wooden booze block which is what I use to uh, shape and then divide my my dough I'm going to take the ball out and take the entire surface this whole thing and I'm going to put it here and I'm going to use my bench scraper and I'm just going to shape this into a ball I'm going to use a little flour on the surface and then a little flour on top and I'm just going to kind of form it into a nice ball by kind of picking it up and then folding it onto itself to create a nice smooth surface, nice shaped ball. And just really kind of, you know, bread if you look at some videos on how to shape it. You're just taking the knife, going under around the whole circumference of the circle, tucking it under itself to create a really nice, beautiful ball. I'm gonna add just a little bit of sprinkling of flour on the surface. I'm gonna rub it in and I'm gonna cover it with a kitchen towel and it's gonna rest for 30 minutes. So our dough has rested on the bench for 30 minutes. It's kind of flattened out a little bit and I'm now going to get my scale put a little bit of flour on the scale so dough is very sticky still even though it's nice and smoothed out and then i've got my olive oil and i'm gonna oil up my three pans i'm gonna be pretty pretty liberal with the oil because i don't want the doughs to stick in the pans and olive oil is delicious and if you're using non-stick pans shouldn't be so much of a problem depending on what kind of cast iron. I mean, if it's well seasoned, it shouldn't stick too much. But, you know, you wanna make sure the olive oil is coating the whole pan. And I'm going to cut this roughly into three pieces. That should give me about 630 gram balls each. Again, it's very sticky, so when I cut it, it's gonna kinda wanna stick to its little neighbor, so you gotta cut it a couple times. All right, so we got three Balls that are all about 630 grams. That's probably the minimum you want for a 12 inch. I'm gonna form it into a ball now by finding the smooth side and then I'm gonna stitch together the bottom and make a very nice smooth round ball by stitching the bottom together. Putting in the middle of our 12 inch pan. It's right there in the oiled pan. And now I'm just gonna take a little bit of the oil from that's in the pan and touch the top. Because I'm going to put the lid on, and at this point, the ball is about as high as the, the pan. So when I put the lid on, it's got to touch. Um, so I'm just putting a little oil in there, but it's good. And then I am going to now put the lid on all of these. And now they've got to relax. You just really want it to, I mean, it's, it's one kind of big ball in the center of the dough. We really wanted to like relax and flatten out and that's just gonna it's gonna need some time for that to happen. And so I'm just gonna stack these pans and let them relax with the dough in the middle of the pan. The next step is we're gonna press out the dough and put our onions and olives in the surface for the overnight rise. It's been a little over an hour since we balled and portioned the doughs into our pans. We've got our doughs, and they have relaxed. They're chilled out. They've laid down a little flat. What am I gonna do here is get my fingers underneath and just kind of, first thing I'm gonna do is just get a little oil on my fingers. I'm gonna take the dough and just kind of lift it up and just let it hang. like gravity stretch it out a little bit. Turn it, lift it up, let it hang. And it's already kind of stretched out almost to the edge. Lift it up, let it hang. And now I'm gonna start pressing it out. And if it doesn't press all the way to the edge, that's cool. It may need to relax a little more. So I've got it almost to the edge. Now I'm using my fingertips and I'm just dimpling down, pressing the dough with well-trimmed fingernails. This is important. So just pressing, 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 dimpling, creating like a bunch of little craters in there. And the oil is getting into the, cr- there's a lot of oil. It's gonna, it's, this is a high oil operation here. And what I'm gonna do now is I have my onions, which I have sliced thinly you know, on the radius of the onion, lyonnaise style, you could say, but you know, you can chop them however you want. And I'm starting to put those into my dough and I'm just gonna put them on top and press in. I'm gonna cover this dough with onions. I'm using red onions. I've sliced them with a sharp knife and I'm just kind of placing it where I want and then pressing it into the dough. Almost covered with onions. Remember, you need to leave some room for your olives. So now I'm gonna take my Always. And I'm going to start kind of putting them in between the onions. You don't want to have wall to wall toppings. You need some room in between for the dough to rise up around it, but you know, fill it up. There we go. Okay. Now I'm going to get my castle vetranos. It's going to give us some nice uh, visual uh, differences here. So these are nice and bright green. And my tagayashkas are like a dark, dark brown, amber kind of color. So now I'm just using the top of my hand and I'm just squishing down all of my onions and olives into the dough and that's it. Now it just rises overnight. I'm gonna put my lid on. I'm gonna say goodnight. And uh, this dough is gonna rise overnight. So in the morning, I'm gonna check on it. And depending on the temperature of your room, temperature of the room that I'm going to be using is it's just about 70. So, you know, for seven hour rise, it's gonna be nice. Shit's probably gonna double in size and the dough is kinda gonna rise up around the toppings, but we're just gonna check on it in the morning. We'll see how it goes. If If it's really risen a lot, then, you know, we know that we're ready to bake. And at that point, we can either put it in the fridge, if we're not ready at that time, or just bake it off. If it's still just chilling, you could bring it out into a warmer area and kind of speed things up. It's been about eighteen hours since our initial mix and I have just checked on my onion and olive bread, and it has doubled in size. It's fully risen up in the pan so I'm ready to bake now I've got my oven set to 485 I'm gonna pop it in the oven I have some stones in here and I'm gonna put it directly on those pizza stones um, if you want to put it on the rack that's fine too but we are going in the oven now and it's going to be 15 to 20 minutes and or until it's just beautiful golden brown on top and I'm gonna check back in with you when it comes out of the oven All right, we're back. It's been 15 minutes. Timer went off and I'm gonna open the oven. That is looking pretty nice. Golden brown on the top. The onions are getting just a little charred. Ooh, it's great. I'm pulling it out. I think that's 15 is good. I'm just gonna take my offset spatula and just lift perfectly popping out. And so it's, there's no sticking whatsoever. It's nice. Ooh, the bottom Bottom's looking pretty good. So I'm gonna go ahead and say this one's done. And with the offset, I'm gonna pop it out of the pan put it onto my resting rack and let it sit there for a little bit cool off and it's done that's it this is the onion and olive bread simple beautiful thing and I hope that you enjoyed listening to this recipe on play Me a recipe food52.com and um, I look forward to seeing your versions of this dish thank you so much